What's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And what's up, bitches? This is Morgan. And this is Bitches and Murders. Murders. Not even remotely. Was it? I think that sounded really good. That looks perfect. (laughs) Oh, shit, it does. Yeah, look at that. Hell yeah. Okay, anyways, good start. Strong start. Strong start. (laughs) It's going to go downhill, don't you worry. But we'll bring it back. It usually does. It's going to go down and then it's going to go back up. It's like a roller coaster today. <laughs> it's uh, always like a roller coaster, but I never have a good time. It's never like Cedar Point. Uh, it has a happy ending, if that makes you feel better. Oh, they never yeah. do. I wow. Know. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Si- buckle me up. So here's here's the scoop, right? Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And so I wanted to stay on brand. So we're still going to talk about a serial killer, but he has a victim that survives. So we're going to start talking about him and then we're going to flip the narrative and we're going to finish it with her. Okay. 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 I'm in. So today we talk about Bobby Joe Long, who was born Robert Joseph Long because... Just the most whitest of white man names. Uh, in Canova, West Virginia on October 14th of 1953. Um, <laughs> his early life, not a good start. Um, his parents separated when he was young. I couldn't find any information on that. And I think it's because, I, again, I'm purely speculating here, but I think it was because they were never actually married. Because uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything about them getting married or divorced or whatever. It just says that they separated. Um, so he spent most of his life in Florida with his mom. Because I apparently am just going to cover Florida cases. Uh, I mean, it makes a sense that there's a lot of them. Bruh. <laughs> uh, so Luella is his mom. Uh, who oh, was reportedly a bartender. But not like a normal bartender. Like a florida bartender uh is there a difference there is because normal bartenders um have class (laughs) that's that's not fair there are some really nice bars in florida however the majority of them are like just look up hurricane shot on tiktok and that'll just give you an idea of what florida bars are like Um, i get enough unsolicited florida content as is (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to go asking for it. <laughs> Fair. Um, also, really uncomfortable fun fact about his early childhood. He shared a bed with his mom until he was 13. Mm. Not shared a room. Shared a bed. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't like yeah. That. No, we don't like that. Um, especially weird. 13 is when he meets his first wife, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so that makes me feel like it wasn't because of that he wanted to stop. It was because he met a lady and it makes me even more uncomfortable. I hate uh, you can't see the face I'm making, but it is one of extreme disappointment. Oh, I know the face. <laughs> I have known you long enough. I know the face. Yeah, I was like, um, I, uh, I don't even have words for that one. I'm not going to lie to you. It's real gross. It's really gross. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like any part of that. <laughs> I don't even want to. My mind is actively trying to erase it as I'm trying to talk about it. 
<laughs> like when you first uh, wake up out of a dream and you're trying to remember it is it's like rapidly disappearing from sight that's how i feel about that yeah uh i i hear you uh it's gonna get worse before it gets better it always does it always does uh so bobby mr bobberton uh, reportedly had Kleinfelter syndrome. Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know, Kleinfelter syndrome is when you have an extra X chromosome. So in his case, instead of being XY, he was XXY. This syndrome in men results in excessive amounts of estrogen being produced in the body, which um, presents as more like clinically feminine body types. So like long legs, shorter torso, to- torso torsos fuck me sideways shorter torsos um broad hips you know stuff of that neighbor nature do do you need a minute (laughs) you sound like me i'm gonna need you guys to forgive me i just got off of work (laughs) i literally got home took my scrubs off and then set up my microphone so like i have not i'm not here your brain Um, isn't braining yet I, my brain's not so my brain's not braining but we also did shots at work before i left i fucking oh my god so yesterday was 4 20 right um and i hung out with my friends and we got really high and i fell asleep and i was supposed to hang out with my other friends and i woke up like hours after we were supposed to be hanging out to being like are you alive uh and then me being like oh my god i'm only like six hours late but here i am and that checks out then i get there and i'm like immediately what the fuck did i say oh yeah i was like yeah i haven't even smoked today (laughs) says says the fucking bitch who literally smoked herself into a coma i was like don't listen to me sometimes my mouth just says things i don't know where that came from why the fuck you lie i do that with food all the time i'll be like i haven't even eaten today and then people will be like i've seen you eat like three separate times and i'm like oh can confirm i truly don't remember it's never me trying to lie it's that i truly truly have no memory of it we had a girls night one night which was every night because we were living together and i literally watched her down an entire like papa john's breadstick like the whole thing and then maybe two hours later she goes do you want to go get some nuggets because like i haven't eaten today and i was like bitch bitch (laughs) i'm like crying right now uh anyway i don't know what's wrong with me anyways yeah (laughs) that um so yeah clinically feminine body types a small or underdeveloped genitalia uh, enlarged breast tissue, delayed or incomplete puberty, or decreased body hair and low to no sperm count. Uh, it can also affect their mental development and cause difficult difficulties with expressing thoughts, emotions, social understanding, um, delayed, and it also causes like delayed reading and comprehension skills. We're not set up for success here. No, no, we the mixture is not great. Yeah, it's not it's not mixing. It's like a <coughs> the concrete mixer shot, like that's how it's mixing. Um <laughs> So, his specific brand of Kleinfelter syndrome presented as having enlarged breast tissue. Um and I don't know if you've met a teenage boy ever, 
Uh, but that's not going to go over well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can I can see where kids are mean. Yeah. Kids, kids are kids really are, mean. Kids will be mean about anything. Like things that very much don't deserve to be mean about. Like not that this deserves to be mean about, but like that's there's no way that's going to escape children. Yeah. No, he got bullied relentlessly for having boobs, basically. Um, God, also- I hate that. <laughs> kids are so mean, though. Like that's so unfair. It, yeah, it is. Um, we're gonna keep adding to the serial killer cocktail, though. Uh, he failed the first grade. So he also got bullied for that. Um, and he also suffered multiple head injuries throughout his childhood. So we're just, it's that real spicy brand of serial killer. Every single time we talk about this at this point, I get like triggered. And all I can think about is my dissertation because I'm basically just doing that. Like I'm literally just being like, yeah, these are all the things that happened to them as a kid. Literally. That, <laughs> that caused them. To do some crazy fucking shit later on. It's it's like a, a series of check boxes. Just. Literally my entire research is just that. <laughs> uh, at the end of your dissertation, can it just be a checklist? It's gonna have to be. <laughs> um Yeah, so when I what I blah, 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 blah. You're really freestyling on that beat. <laughs> Like I said earlier, when he was 13, he met Cynthia, uh, and they got married in 1974. Uh, So for people who can't math, uh, he was 21 when they got married. Thank you. You're welcome. It's not Uh, that I can't math. I just don't remember anything. (laughs) Shortly after they got married, they had two kids. So, you know, good for him because that Kleinfelter. Oh, yeah. I I had almost forgotten about that. Yeah, uh, no, that I was like, that is actually surprising. Like, that's very common. It's secretly not his, but that's purely speculation, and I'm just allegedly. (laughs) I mean, it might not be that unlikely. But also, fucking crazier shit has happened, let me tell you. So, it's always possible. Especially if she was, like, in really good health and, like, extra fertile. Like, it only takes one. You, it's it's not impossible. I'm just saying the probability is not there. Oh yeah, it's not very likely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they had two kids, and around that time, uh, he gets hit by a car. Like he was on a motorcycle, gets hit by a car. They they would have been doing the world a service. Yeah, it was like that could have just been hard enough. <laughs> he didn't get hospitalized for several weeks. Uh, and Cynthia reportedly says that after this accident, like, so he, he always had a short temper, but after the accident, he became like violent with yeah, her. Yeah, now he's like children. fully active CTE from all of his head drama. Right. Exactly. Uh, so Cynthia files for divorce in 1980 and Long moves in with Sharon Richards, who later comes out as one of his victims. Like he didn't kill her, but he like 100% <laughs> raped her. I that like it took me like a beat to process that at first because I was like how does how does one come out as a victim yeah I felt I was like dial up kicking in your brain got it got it we're not talking about murder I was only thinking about murder (laughs) totally forgot about sexual assault that it existed I was like wow that is does she speak from beyond the grave like I'm I'm genuinely (laughs) confused 
Uh, they did a seance and they just confirmed it. Yeah, it, no, she... It's also been a long day for me, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so in 1983, he's charged with sending a sexual letter to a 12-year-old. I didn't want clarification on what that meant. I need no further details. I, I just know that I hate it. Um, he did do some time in jail for this, but he was released on probation for good behavior because that historically goes so well. So well, point, in fact. Like, I want to like do like a little like stats and be like how many of the people have we talked about have been released and then mm -hmm. immediately committed another crime especially for like yeah. when they were younger uh this historically goes so well in fact that he began using the classified section of the newspaper to find women and rape them in their home and according to police had at least 50 victims during that time Super well. Went so well. Definitely should just keep letting people out on quote-unquote good behavior because they are totally rehabilitated and are never going to do anything bad ever again. I I don't know what it is because obviously inherently murder is so much worse. Um, but I have just such a fiery burning hatred. Um, well, obviously for any sexual abuser of any sort who does it any amount of times. But, like, people like this specifically or, like, God, who else? Like, Richard Ramirez. Like, mm -hmm. any of those. Like, th that shit bothers me so much more. I don't know why. It's like when the pet dies in a movie or something and you're like, why does this bother me Then more than watching all of the other people die? Even though, arguably, the humans dying is worse. Like, I same fucking principle. <sighs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it's that, like, from a psychological standpoint everybody understands that murder is wrong but a lot of times you can you know like pinpoint why they're doing this and kind of sympathize with how they got there like with all the people that we talk about being bullied having head injuries having abuse you know all of this right. that and the other thing most if not the majority of people are not going to be able to sympathize with why you sexually assaulted somebody because the baseline is just that you couldn't take no for an answer well and the thing is too that i think like there's like this inherent cruelty in doing so much damage to someone and yeah. then making them just live with it yeah like that's so cruel to like you know what i mean like obviously it's extremely cruel to murder someone but like at least like you know like okay that person went through a lot but like they're no longer suffering like right you know, they don't have they're... to try to rebuild themselves after going through something traumatic exactly like it's horrible and it's horrifying but like they are at least in a better place now like they are past it where mm -hmm. it's like you're just gonna just ruin someone's life just just for funsies yeah, just because you just, couldn't take no for an answer. <laughs> yeah, like, I f oh my god, I fucking hate the people we talk about. <laughs> people are like, why are you so angry at this? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Yeah. Please so, tell me more. To no surprise, he escalates his crimes. Uh, in March... Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> yeah. 
crazy. Uh, March of 1984, he escalates to picking up a prostitute named Artist Artist Wick. Uh, And after assaulting her, he strangled her to death. I'm getting triggered. I was having Henry Wallace flashbacks for a second. Oh, God. I was like, oh, I don't like that combination (laughs) ever, but I especially don't like it now. Yeah. Uh, In May of 84, he, I'm so sorry, the name just processed in my brain. Uh, While driving in Tampa, he saw a girl who was walking along the side of the road and offered her a ride. Uh, And she accepted. And they drove a little bit before he pulled over and took out a knife. Uh, She began screaming and attempted to fight. uh, As she should. As she should. Uh, He tied her up and drove her to a more, like, remote location and assaulted and strangled her before dumping her body um she was found a few days later and this was lana long that is sounds like a movie star name i was not expecting that (laughs) uh so he repeats this pattern with 20 year old 22 year old prostitute michelle sims except that this time instead of strangling her he switches up his mo and slashes her throat multiple times so he's escalating he is escalating um detectives were able to connect her murder to lana's due to a red nylon fiber that kept being found on all of the victims uh which we'll unpack that red fiber later he briefly changes his mo again with elizabeth loudenbach um there's no evidence that she was a sex worker of any kind like she wasn't a prostitute she wasn't a stripper she wasn't anything of that nature um she just he just kind of switches up his mo as far as victim profile goes um but same deal picks her up takes her to a remote location we know the drill he changes his mo again with chanel williams who while he does you know sexually assault her and tries to strangle her something ends up happening and he pulls out a gun and shoots her in the neck sorry that was just like i was just imagining that happening and that is like one of the worst places i could imagine getting shot at yeah oh i hate that yeah so he ends up having 10 murder victims and 30 rape victims in the span of like eight months Gee, that is such a rapid like i, I rapid genuinely, escalation yeah like i genuinely wonder if like ct played a big part in that because i know that that's one of like the symptoms um especially when the violence does start it's like this very like sudden switch where they could have been like the sweetest person before and then they just like snap completely yeah but like he just was good enough at hiding it for at least a little while like it's crazy too to like have that many crimes in that short amount of time and not get caught very quickly because i feel like usually if you're doing that much like you're not really being careful about it like how can you be you're not really having any time to like plan anything beforehand or you know what i mean to be fair it's tampa in the 80s true i do sometimes forget when we talk about these things like how much easier it was to like murder people 
Like, I mean, okay. So, like, nowadays, <laughs> it's super easy to just murder people in public, um, where I feel like back in the day, it was so easy to, like, be a serial killer. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so easy. Though, honestly, with the way things have been popping off in some major cities lately, like, I know Austin, Houston, Chicago, and Detroit all have active serial killers right now yeah i was gonna say i know that detroit's got that active one that's targeting sex workers yeah i was like there's been uh two possible ones that have been talked about but yeah both are targeting mostly prostitutes and homeless people that checks out which is and then like i know i think it's in chicago no austin I don't want to talk about it too much because uh, that that's something I want to like talk about. Fair. Um, but I know for that it's mostly like young men, like early twenties, like mid to early twenties, um, and they're being found in like drowned in the river, Ooh. and there's like a bunch of like like almost thirty bodies have been pulled out of the river. That's interesting. Yeah. So. Huh. So there's a lot of shit popping off right now apparently apparently it's getting easier to be a serial killer so that's fun yeah we love we love that for america uh before i switch my narrative and start talking about the other person we're going to talk about please talk about someone better thank you unpack ct for people that don't work in our profession and might not know what that is oh yes um i'm not gonna lie i don't remember off the top of my brain what uh, the actual CTE part of it stands for, so I'm going to just Google that very fast. Um, Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Thank you. That's <laughs> it. Loaded like right as you said that. Like I was just <laughs> opening my mouth when you said that, but I was like, yeah, sure, you can by all means take that if you want to tackle that instead. <laughs> Um, I got the very you. Sh- the very short definition is that it's a progressive and fatal brain disease associated with repeated traumatic brain injuries, including concussions and repeated blows to the head. Um, but what CTE does is it causes, obviously, every time that they're getting a concussion, they're getting a TBI, they're getting some form of injury to the brain, the brain is swelling. Um, and you know, you do have some extra room in there. It's never really great when your brain swells, but like you do have a little extra room in there. Like anytime anyone has a migraine, like that is your brain swelling just slightly, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so it's basically just a lot of that over time that becomes chronic and built up and starts to put more and more pressure on the brain. And while it does that, it can cause the onset of dementia um, it can cause the onset of psych- like psychotic breaks. Um, it can cause, um, it's frequently known to cause like what I was talking about earlier, where the person who frequently before this, like could be a very kind, very sweet individual will just suddenly snap. Um, I always, for, is it Aaron Rodgers that I'm thinking of? Um, editing Morgan here. Um, I just... <laughs> I just want to say it was Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez was who I was thinking of. Not Aaron Rodgers. It was it was most definitely not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but uh... he was a really famous football player and he snapped and he shot like several people to death. 
um, while he was in traffic. There's like a bunch of documentaries about it that are actually like super interesting. Um, but it's it's seen a lot. Uh, Chris Benoit, the famous wrestler, he's another possible known case. I'm pretty sure he's a confirmed case of CTE. Because he was the one well, who snapped and like killed his whole family. Apparently there's, not that I'm surprised, but there's multiple NFL players. I thought I could just Google football player with CTE and there's a whole list. So Yeah, I'm there's, there's a bunch that. of them. <laughs> I feel like Aaron Rodgers is not who I'm thinking of though. And I, I feel like I might so. have. I also anyway. know. We'll move on. We'll, we'll get that answer by the end of the episode. <laughs> I'll furiously <laughs> Google as you continue. So we're going to switch our narrative. And we're going to stop talking about Bobby Joe Long for a second. Because fuck that guy. And instead, we're going to talk about Lisa McVeigh. So Lisa was born in March of 1967. Uh, she has been very candid about the abuse she sustained in her childhood. Um, Her mother was an addict and Lisa had reportedly been kind of in and out of foster care. And when she was 14, her mom made her move in with her grandma to take care of her. Um, For three years, she would be assaulted by her grandma's boyfriend while he held a gun to her head. So. God, I have heard of people making really bad decisions for their kids but that has to absolutely take the fucking cake and i have a feeling since we're talking about it that no one's gonna do anything about it for at least a minute which i also fucking hate but 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 i know we're not talking about a killer this time so at least hopefully it ends better a lot better. You said I had a happy ending, so. We love that real spicy trauma. Real, real spicy trauma. So, reportedly, uh, the night before Lisa was abducted, she decided she was going to commit suicide and oh. had actually wrote a, like, goodbye letter. Which brings us to November 3rd of 1984. Um, so she's 17 at this point. And Lisa worked a double at the donut shop that she was working at and she was riding her bike home and remembers kind of passing a church around like 2 a.m. and seeing like a weird car. And then someone grabs her off of her bike from behind. She starts screaming as loud as she can until she felt the person put a gun to her head and tell her to shut up. So she tells her attacker she'll do whatever he wants. um, And she is then tied up and blindfolded before being thrown into a car. Um, fortunately, it's quite literally, like my worst nightmare. Yeah, like that is like uh, almost like a textbook, like movie, like that almost. Yeah. Like I hate that. Yeah, fortunately for Lisa and I guess the rest of the world, um, a she's a whole badass, like a whole badass. B, um, he didn't quite tie it tight enough, so there's a small gap, like at the bottom where she can kind of see so she starts like looking around and doing her best to like take in her surroundings and commit as much of it to memory as possible um and while they were driving she's like looking through this gap to like look at the time and pay attention to like how many street signs they pass and like kind of try to get an idea of where they're going that's so hard too when you're like in that moment of like pure panic like to have not Mm -hmm. only like the forethought but also like the composure 
to be able to do those things. So she was taken to an apartment uh, and she like, again, she is fucking on it. She like notates the color of the carpet. She says there's, I think it was like 27 steps from the floor to the like, from like the first floor to the second floor. Like she is committing everything that's so much to remember like i i would never like yeah, we were well, talking about i can't even remember if i've eaten today like i yeah I never we'll we'll unpack it a little bit more later but the amount of things that she commits to her memory is just like girl get it um she also at one point convinces him to let her go to the bathroom and she makes a point to leave her fingerprints like in as many paces as possible like she was doing it like on the like on the corner of the mirror, like under the like sink, like under the lip of the toilet. Like she, God, that's so smart. Put her fingerprints like literally all over the apartment because she was like, "If I'm gonna die here, somebody's gonna fucking know." And I'm like, "Yes, girl, get it." Um, she also starts making like doing her best to kind of humanize herself in his eyes um, by telling him that her father was really sick and that she's the only one around to take care of him. Which is not true, but you know what he doesn't know won't hurt him. <laughs> uh, she also originally lied about her name and said that she was Carol and that she was actually older than she said she was. Um, and throughout the night, she kept asking him questions about like himself and his life and like what he's been through. Um, like, just gathering all of this information from him and at one point she even asks like why he kept raping her and his response was that he was doing it to get back at all of the women in his life that had hurt him and i'm like "Mm, get Mm, fucked no Mm, no yeah don't like um so at some point in the night they have a tv on and the news flashes by and there's a story about her going missing um so obviously now he knows that she's 17 and who she really is. And this creates a little bit of contention between them. Um, and she says that around three 30, he asks her what he should do with her. And she says that she told him that, um, he was a really nice guy and that, you know, he had just been mistreated and, you know, she could take care of him. Like she could be his girlfriend. Nobody had to know how they met. Um, and he reportedly responded that like that wouldn't work and that he couldn't keep her. So he asks her where she lived and she gives him a false address because our girl is like on top of it. Um, and a little after 4 a.m. he puts her in a car and starts driving. At some point they stop at an ATM because she like remembers hearing it. Uh, and then at a gas station before he drops her off behind a business around like 4.30. Um, he told her to tell her father that he is the reason that he didn't kill her and then told her to wait five minutes before taking the blindfold off um when she did she said she saw a huge oak tree and at that moment knew that she was going to live um in total long kept her for 26 hours like everything about that is like genuinely like my worst nightmare like it just feels like that like horror movie you saw when you were a kid of like some girl getting abducted and you were like oh my god like i can't imagine if that happened like that is her life like Mm -hmm. i cannot imagine going through something like that 
it's such a, like I said to like it's so like brave to come out of that and then have to like live your life after that especially when she was like already contemplating suicide before that happened mm-hmm. like I guess to be fair though like it, it immediately immediately taught her she apparently very much cared about her life yeah. <laughs> because I care about my life very much and I would not remember any of that shit to save my own life so she she clearly cares very much about it yeah so it's gonna get a little worse before it gets a little better oh so she runs back to her grandma's house uh where she is immediately grilled about where she has been um reportedly her grandma's boyfriend spent five hours interrogating her and beating her repeatedly yelling at her for quote-unquote cheating on him and lying about where she had been and what had happened What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it gets even worse because obviously like her grandma called police and was like, hey, she came home. Um, and they're like, oh, did they say, did she say what happened? And her grandma was like, oh, she made up some fucking story about getting kidnapped. But, you know, she's just lying for attention. And the police were like, um, oh. we would still like to talk right like or maybe she got kidnapped (laughs) maybe we should have like i don't know maybe just like a conversation about it like what the fuck it's gonna get get worse before it gets better what are the police ever the voice of reason (laughs) the tampa pd uh decided to follow up with her and sat her down and she told her story and then they did nothing yeah see now that's see that's what i expected yeah that that was Uh, the story i so then a few days later she's like walking somewhere i didn't notate where she was going um but she walks past the tv and it's displaying a news story about a suspected serial killer in the area and she on a stroke of genius puts two and two together and goes oh shit i i think that's my guy So she gets in contact with Detective Larry Pinkerton, as well as the FBI. I know. A Pinkerton detective. I love it. But we love Pinkerton because he is the one that finally believes her. And she told him everything. fucking had to. (laughs) Yeah. So she tells him everything that she remembers, which is the make and model of the car, the fact that it has red bucket seats, what signs they passed on the way to the apartment, the fact that it, the apartment had green carpeting and there was 27 steps. Um, she like remembered all of these little niche details that he had told her about his life and like kind of clues about who he was. And at one point while she was while she was blindfolded, while she was getting assaulted, she like touches his face to like commit the feeling of his facial details to memory. I just like. She's and what, a she whole was, what, Seventeen when this happened. She was seventeen, yeah. Like that's, especially back then. Like nowadays, like I would be less. Well, I would still be wildly impressed if someone remembered all of that information, um, mm-hmm. and was able to like think of all of that while that's going on. But at least like nowadays, like with how popular true crime is and all of that, like I could see it a little bit easier. Because, like, Mm -hmm. there's been plenty of podcasts like us that have talked about 
like how you should do these things you know what i mean right. but like back then like th- no one taught you those things no, no one not talked at all. about stuff like that at all like it was not really like a thing at all like i yeah. can't like so she just you know what i mean like that was just her own brilliant fucking idea yeah she's she's a whole badass oh absolutely so after she tells him everything that she remembers he asks her if she would be willing to be hypnotized in order to help recall a couple more details um lisa was completely on board but her grandma's boyfriend pretending to be her dad protested it gee i wonder why so detective pinkerton is confused about why he would be against it unless he was hiding something so he goes to lisa and he's like hey is there anything that you want to tell me about this guy and she goes actually i would she tells him everything she tells him that that's not her dad that that's her grandma's boyfriend that he's been assaulting her for the last three years so grandma's boyfriend gets arrested and then dies in custody shortly after. Well, yeah, I liked one of the. I liked two of those statements. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Lisa was moved to a kind of protective home for teens because uh, obviously she's not part of an open investigation. So, investigators bring her pictures of suspects because. Like I said, she had kind of seen glimpses through the blindfold and had done her whole facial recognition thing through touching him. Um, And she immediately identified Bobby Joe Long as the first picture in the stack and was like, why are you wasting time like this is him? Um, However, there were some investigators on the team that didn't quite buy her story Um, they felt like that it was super convenient that she was able to commit all of these details to memory. Um, and then the forensics team came back and matched the red fiber that was found on her clothes with the red fiber that was found on the rest of the women. Finally, someone's putting in some fucking work. (laughs) So the red fiber is from the inside of his car. He's got the red bucket seats. Um, he's the one he's the man yeah so thanks to her memory they were able to narrow it down to like a two mile radius and they were able to track long and eventually found his apartment and just like she had said it was like 27 steps up to the apartment door the carpet was green her fingerprints were in all of the places that she said she put her fingerprints and detectives were like oh shit and that's the fucking kicker too (laughs) because it's just like how do you argue with that like you can't argue with that physical evidence you know what i mean exactly uh like she she set herself up with like an open and closed case (laughs) god that's so smart especially for someone so young Mm -hmm. um unfortunately long had fled the apartment so this is not when they catch him uh he is caught in what is like they acted like it was just a routine traffic stop, and then, like, surprise, you're arrested for being a trash bag um, on November 16th. But during the time between when they raided, like, when he let Lisa go and November 16th, he killed two more women. Mm. 
it's almost like if someone would have believed her, <laughs> we could have just avoided that. Yeah. Crazy yeah. idea here. Novel <laughs> idea. <laughs> so, in... Sorry. In 1985, <laughs> Long was charged with murder and sentenced to death. Uh, while in, So he was only charged with one murder. Um, and then while in prison, he confessed to all of the other rapes and murders that he had done. And then on May 23rd in 2019, Long was executed by lethal injection. Um, and like the fucking badass that she is lisa sat in the front row with another victim of his wearing a t-shirt that said long overdue Mm! love that we love a fucking good ass pun here too love it oh Um, that's great when asked about it she said that she wanted to be the first person that he saw and know that he was gonna die because of her and i was like girl get it however Bobby Joe Long is a little bitch and never opened his eyes or said anything during his execution. He didn't have any final last words? No, he did not. Wow, what a little bitch. Literally, he went out like a bitch. He didn't even have his Mm. eyes open? No, he never opened his fucking eyes. What a, wow, what a pussy. Right? At least they got, actually got on that shit about executing him. Like, I feel like most of the time it's like, well, um, you know, they got put to like nine death sentences. Uh, yes, it has been 40 years and they have not been executed I, yet, but. <laughs> I feel like they get a little bit spicier when it's serial killers. You know, you would think so. But like Henry Wallace still hasn't been executed. Well, that's true. I forgot he's still and on it's death been row. A, it's been like almost 20 years now. Yeah. Anyway. <gasps> we uh, here. So for those wondering what happened to Lisa after all of this, uh, after he was arrested and she was deemed safe, she moved in with her very loving aunt and uncle who vehemently apologized because they had no idea what was going on. Um, And then in 2004, she signed up for the police academy. She became an officer for the Hillsborough Sheriff's Office, which is the department that arrested Long. And later specialized in the sex crimes unit. Today, she is the master deputy. Fuck yeah. Uh, she also works as a school resource officer and speaks to students about how to protect themselves and how to be vigilant. You know how I feel about cops, but a- I mean, amen. Way to way to turn that shit we'll around. We'll support this one. Yeah. This, this I one. was like, this this is an exception, I suppose. Because that, that's a lot. And also, like, I think it's kind of the same principle as, like, people who tend to be heavily traumatized will seek out things like social services or mm-hmm. they'll seek out, like, being therapists, like, stuff like that. Like, it's, you know, really cool of her to, like, take this thing that she went through that was obviously yeah. so incredibly difficult and then to be able to turn that around and, like, be able to help people uh, from a place of like this very intimate understanding of yeah. like what they're going through it i feel like it falls under that category of like attracts like so obviously people are gonna know i've like know what she's been through there's been like a lifetime movie and she's very candid about it and she talks about it a lot 
So I feel like people are going to be more comfortable going to her, which I love her for creating that space for the community around her. Um, But I also chose this because like it shows the stark difference of you can go through a shitty thing and just it shows the two paths like they both had very traumatic childhoods with like some real fucked up shit and one of them became a serial killer and one of them is serving their community and trying to make things better. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, it like it just I don't know. I thought it was a cool perspective um but we're gonna tie this all back so like i said i did want to cover this case because april is national sexual um, assault awareness month so we're going to end this episode with some resources which i will obviously put into our beacons page um so if you are going through anything like this or you need somebody to talk to or you've ever been through something like this and you just don't know how to deal with the residual effects um there is the national sexual assault helpline and their number is 800-656-4673 or you can go to online.rainn.org um if you call it's completely confidential your your phone number is never saved uh the only thing they do is they look at like the area code for your phone number to help provide you with assistance options near you Or if you're like me and phone calls are really not your speed and you'd rather use the online chat option, you can go to that website that I just mentioned. The online chat is still completely anonymous. The only thing that you have to share is whatever you are comfortable with. So you're not alone. Ever. That is all. (laughs) I... That's my pretty little bow that I'm wrapping everything up in. I don't get to do that very often. I know. I was like, bow. I'm not used to it. I don't. Uh, there was such a like a, a conclusion, and I know it was such a happy ending. I don't know where to go from here. I I don't either. I don't. I don't. Well, shit. I guess. Yeah. Go to the go to the beacons page. That's what what you just said. Re- yeah. Resources are there. I he sucks, and he died. <laughs> And good. Uh, I feel really good about it. I don't. I don't usually feel good about it. I, I'm stumped. Like I'm used to complaining. What can uh, I do if I can't complain? I know I've taken the wind out of your sails. I know. I'm just like I. <laughs> everything is good. You know what? I I have something to complain about. It has nothing to do with this case. However, if we're gonna stay true to our brand and end with complaining about something. To the fucking genius that sent out an emergency test alert to every phone in Florida at 4.45 in the morning. I hope your dog shits in your bed. I was so mad. I don't understand. Like, I mean, obviously, if it's like an Amber alert or something, by all means. Do you want to know the worst part? But like a a warning? Just like a test? Do you want to know the worst part? Because they put out like a little... uh, Mm, PR thing about this, right? It was an accident. The test was supposed to go to TVs and somebody fucked up and accidentally sent it to every single phone in Florida. I... And then my fiance had the audacity to sleep through it. It didn't wake his bitch ass up. I was so... I was seething at 4.45 in the morning. 
I'd be so salty. Oh, I was so mad. Yeah, because I'm always that person. Like, rarely do I sleep through things. The other day I slept through my phone going off three separate times. And I I cannot believe that I did that. Like, I'm usually the lightest sleeper in the world. (laughs) He's home. And I just turn around to see him in the hallway. Just frowning at me because I called him a little bitch ass. (laughs) I love you. I was hoping I could hear him complain in return. (laughs) But I couldn't. Uh, so yeah, stay spooky, but not so spooky that you accidentally sent out a test alert at 4.45 in the morning. Not that fucking spooky. <laughs> um, stay spooky, but not. <laughs> you don't even have anything. I don't even have anything. I just like, I feel like he was pretty he was pretty punished and it kind of like worked out I, I, yeah I we never we never end on a high note like i, I know just don't be a trash bag it's the same <laughs> same advice as always don't don't do anything we talked about in this episode unless it was the second half of the episode then then you can do it <laughs> uh stay spooky, stay spooky but not so spooky that you respond to your childhood trauma by becoming a serial killer that fucking spooky guys don't be a bobby can we also stop just like beating children around the head area can we stop (laughs) bullying people for things they don't have control of that's a that's a big fucking one jesus christ (laughs) i feel like that i'm already not ready to like go through that with like my dissertation like the first study i that looked at like this is doing the same a similar thing to what i did they literally looked at just like mm-hmm. three things physical abuse uh emotional or like psychological abuse and sexual abuse and that was it and i'm like bro there is so much more that fucks up these children mm-hmm. <laughs> let me fucking tell you <laughs> and also let's be real like head injuries are not the same thing as being physically abused yeah not not same thing. like your dad hitting you with a belt is not the same thing as like you got in a major fucking motorcycle accident you know like your dad hitting you with a belt is not the same as your mom sitting you on one end of a waterbed and then sitting on the other end of the waterbed mom I'm just like imagining like a child going like rocketing into the sea. I was six months old when that happened. <laughs> and it didn't stop there. You know, I don't think we've unpacked this on record. Okay, so that's the first one, right? She put me on one end of a waterbed, then sat on the other end of the waterbed. And inertia is a thing. So the waterbed went swoop, swoop, swoop. And then little six month old me went whee and hit my head. And then, I think I was like one and a half or two, something like that. I don't know. We're at a Kmart, and I'm standing like in the cart, like in the like cart part of the cart. That, you know, not like where you sit babies, but like where you put your groceries. And I'm standing, and I'm like holding on to the cart. And my dad like calls my mom to get her attention, and she pulls the cart back with apparently enough force to send me flying over the front of it, and I smacked my head on the tile of a Kmart or Walmart or wherever the hell we were. Um, 
And then when I was three, four, I don't know, whenever we moved from Arizona to Michigan, um, they put me in a moving truck and <laughs> my dad just needed to like back the moving truck up to like line it up so they could load it. Um, and I slid forward and hit my head on the fucking dashboard. And then when I was eight, my dad and I were driving somewhere and he hit black ice and I smacked my head on the window. Um, and then my freshman year of high school, uh, this girl tripped me while we were playing flag football because she didn't like that. I was friends with her boyfriend and I cracked my head on the track because we had like the track that surrounded the football field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my senior year of high school, my cousin and I went to Cedar Point and I did not have enough um, sustenance. We had we had this whole plan, right? We were going to go get food. Like we were going to go at opening, get food, go ride a ton of rides. But there was a new ride that year and it only had an hour wait. And we we're like, that's the shortest that line's going to be all day. So I got in line on a 90 degree day without a cloud in the sky uh, with like a piece of toast and half a bottle of water. And we were making eye contact with the loading dock. And I apparently turned to my cousin and went, I don't feel good. Cracked my head. Um, And then. And then. Yeah. Oh, I'm not done. Uh, Okay, Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) How many minutes are you going to spend telling us how you fit exactly into the psychopath criteria? I'm just waiting. Then in college, uh, there was a guy that like I rode horses for and I was trying to like train one of his horses to do barrels um and because uh, you and horses have always been a winning combination fuck off uh and we slipped and i hit my head on the barrel and then uh i was at work and i got headbutted by a great dane that weighed like 130 pounds so it was a big great dane and it headbutted me um and i think that's all of my head trauma i think I'm surprised you remember any of it at this point. Honestly, same. (laughs) It's also a fucking miracle that I'm not a serial killer because that's a lot of head trauma. Oh, there's still time. Most don't start this early anyways. I'm almost 30. The women start way later. (laughs) I'll check in with you guys when I'm 60. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be a more appropriate time period. (laughs) God, if we're still doing this podcast when we're 60, I'm going to be amazed. Still checking in. <laughs> we're still just... What's up, bitches? This is Sierra. <laughs> What's up, bitches? This is Morgan. <laughs> and this is Geriatric and Murders. <laughs> We've got to fucking end this. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs>